0: Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Trisha Nelson. Trisha lost 50 pounds by identifying and healing the underlying causes of her emotional eating. Trisha has spent nearly 30 years researching the hidden causes of the addictive personality. She's an emotional eating expert and author of the number one best selling book, Heal Your Hunger Seven Simple Steps to End Emotional Eating. Now. She's also the host of the popular podcast, The Heal Your Hunger Show. A highly regarded speaker and coach, Trisha has been featured on NBC, CBS, KTLA, Fox, and Discovery Health. Not only is she a brilliant emotional eating expert, she's going to talk about the most common personality characteristics that make us eat emotionally in the first place. You'll be shaking your head and thinking, yep, that's me. As you listen, I can't wait for you to meet Trisha. Here we go. Oh, I am so excited because we have the absolute world's leading emotional eating expert, but she's also a dear friend. Trisha Nelson is with us here today. Hi, Trisha. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks so much for joining us. So, you know, when you think of emotional eating, you may think, "Whoa, this is like a weight loss show or whatever. You know, everything that we talk about here has to do with betrayal. But when we're betrayed, we're we're, we're in so much pain and we're doing things to soothe, numb, calm, distract. And I imagine that's where emotional leading comes into it. But start with telling us your journey and we'll take it from there.
1: Yeah. So I was an emotional eater from the get-go and, um, and I struggled with my weight. So I loved food. I loved everything about food. I loved to cook. I love to serve it to people. I love to, you know, uh, well, uh, anything, TV, online, anything. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it was a big problem for me. And especially because I would gain weight really easily. And, you know, I didn't mind eating, but I did mind being fat. (laughs) So, um, I was, I grew up as a, as a fat girl, I like to say, and it really tortured me because, uh, I was bigger than my friends. You know, I had issues, uh, with just my self-esteem and, you know, I went into adulthood that way. And by age of 21, I was 50 pounds overweight. So, um, you know, it really affected me and I hated my body. I hated myself. I just, you know, the self-esteem issues was uh, a real problem for me. And so, uh, you know, I, I was always trying diets and this is what you do. If you're overweight, you go on a diet, right? It makes sense. Lose weight, exercise, you know, eat less, exercise more. That's what everybody does, but I couldn't do it. Like I, I would try, but I would always gain the weight back. So even if I was successful for a time, I'd gain the weight back and I was in good company. I mean, 98% of all diets fail. So um, it was really frustrating for me. Um, And I tried so many different things. I like to say pills, potions, and lotions and, and everything under the sun. And it wasn't until I started to address the emotional eating that I really was able to lose the weight and keep it off. And I have now... By the race of God for several decades, but it was that was the missing piece. You know, the emotional eating was what was uh, you know not addressing. It was what the problem. And once I started addressing that and the emotions that drove my eating, then I got somewhere with my weight, and I didn't need to use uh, food as an anesthetic. You know, I had to deal with those underlying uh, causes, and then I didn't have to use food. I didn't have to turn a food. Food wasn't my solace. It wasn't my comfort. You know, it was like I was, uh, uh, eating to live instead of living to eat.
0: You know, you, you talk about the difference between emotional eating and, and being a food addict. What's the difference there? Cause I, that's a distinguishing factor there. I had no idea that there were, those were two different things. So
1: my feeling is that all people are emotional eaters. I mean, I think God made us to have an emotional attachment to food, and so we like to eat. You know, it's enjoyable, it's pleasurable. There are such things as comfort foods, Um, so that's normal. Um, So we are emotionally, you know, tied in with food. But I consider it to be a spectrum, and so you're somewhere on the spectrum. On the low end is, you know, you like you enjoy food. The high end is you're food addicted. And I was definitely food addicted. What does that look like? Well, it means I would have binges. I would, you know, any, any kind of upset, any kind of emotions that were troubling to me. You know, I would dive into the food, I would get my goodies, I'd sit in front of the TV and I'd eat. And I, you know, once you're eating something sweet, then you have something salty. And I, and I would go overboard to the point of feeling sick and then I, you know, I'd I'd have to, um, you know, some people purge. I was not a purger. Some people purge to get rid of their food. Some people run five miles. They're got that exercise thing going on to compensate for their overeating. Um, I just gained weight. Like I didn't have a whole lot of uh, strength to try to combat what I ate. So I would just gain weight and feel terrible, you know, and again, try the diets um, here and there. So, um, but food addiction is really like, it gets dark. Like, you know, when we're in that binging mode um, and, and not everybody who's a food addict, binges per se, but they eat, you know, large quantities of food. Um, and it's not just the types of foods. It's also, uh, you know, amounts, but it's also just, if somebody isn't a binger, sometimes it's just eating all the carbs and the sugar. Like it's, it's the ingredients that give them the anesthetic. And so, um, it, it, the difference between an emotional eater and a food addict is where you are on the spectrum, you know, how far you go with it, how, how much, you know, um, loss of control you have to dial it back. You know, some people will have a binge and then they'll, you know, they'll exercise more and they'll, they won't have another binge for a while because they're able to control themselves, but not everybody can control themselves. I certainly couldn't. And so, you know, I'd have a bad night, but then the next day when I intended to get back on track, it would continue, and so several days, you know, down down the road, I'd be I'd be still in that terrible cycle. So it's really, uh, you know, where you're on the spectrum has to do with you know how how easily you can dial back, how easily you can get back in control. Um, and if you can't, then you're more on the high end. And I literally have a quiz that will teach people like they can get a personalized score on where they are on that spectrum because it does, you know, where you are on the spectrum will determine you know, what, what steps you need to take to overcome it.
0: And it's amazing because as you're saying this, I remember so clearly, well, first of all, I grew up, you know, you would eat when you're happy, you're sad, you're confused, you're lonely, you're bored, all of that. And then I remember, I mean, back in the day, years ago, I used to be a runner and I would run, imagine this, I would run between seven and 10 miles a day and I was gaining weight. And I was like, what the heck? How can you gain that much weight? You know, how can you gain weight when you're running that much? And I was eating boxes and boxes and boxes of dry cereal. I remember this is when I was going back for my master's degree and I would study and I would just sit there and eat. And you know, those are such empty calories. They don't even register, but they did. You know, They don't register. I, I never felt full. I felt you just, you keep going until you just feel stuffed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I lived that way for years and it's such a, uh, it's such a self-defeating feeling, you know, and, and it's like to lose control, um, to be enslaved to food, um, is so miserable. And it's also a very secretive thing. I mean, it's, people aren't talking about, they're trying to act normal and look normal, you know, but it's, it's, so it's usually behind closed doors, you know, alone late at night, you know, those times, you know, when we're really, Eating so much and um, the sense of shame and guilt that comes with that is so detrimental to our overall self esteem and our relationships. You know, there's like a barrier between us, not just a barrier of fat, but a barrier of, you know, guilt and shame between us and other people. And, the loneliness that comes with it is so devastating, feeling like we're the only ones who have done this kind of thing, you know, and how could we ever tell anybody? So it's it's really, it's so much more de- detrimental than people
0: realize. And, and you know, these are the emotions that happen when we are emotionally eating, but then there are the emotions that have us emotionally eat in the first place. So let's, let's go there. What are some emotions that you see that maybe you experienced or a lot of your clients typically come to you with? That had them start emotionally eating in the first place?
1: Great question. Um, I've really over my 30 years of research and personal experience and helping, you know, thousands of people with this problem. I've identified something I call the PEP test, and PEP is an acronym, and the P stands for uh, painkiller. So food is used a, a, as a form of a really anesthetizing pain, uh, mo- usually emotional pain, but sometimes physical pain if somebody's you know has a chronic uh, problem or illness. Um, but it's usually emotional pain, and this can come from pain from our childhood, certainly pain from betrayal, um, pain from you know being in a relationship that's not right for us, you know, one that's abusive or or neglectful um, or, you know, dishonest, uh, you know, and and pain from a job, maybe that's the wrong fit for us. So there's many forms of pain, but we use food as a painkiller. And of course, in, in this case, definitely betrayal and mistrust and, and that kind of thing. And um, and it does a good job. I mean, that's why we love carbs and sugar because they're heavier, they're dense, you know, and they do anesthetize pain. That's why we're doing that. That's why we're binging, you know, on food and on TV is we just don't want to feel that pain. Um, the E in the PEP stands for escape. And so we have fears and insecurities um, that we want to escape from. And so that really drives our eating. It's like you know, so much of the time, emotional eaters are really responsible. Like we're we're not like the drunk, the alcoholic who's missing appointments and blowing up their life. You know, emotional eaters are typically type A's. We're you know, overeaters are overdoers. You know, we're doing a lot in the world, um, but sometimes we just get so tired, and we're you know, we're so sick of being responsible. So it's like we get our goodies out. We sit in front of the TV. It's like we want to shut the world out. It's like I wanted to escape all the the responsibility and all the pressures that are on me. Um, the third is uh, it's something people don't think of, but we use food as a form of punishment, mm-hmm. and that comes from guilt. So um, there's so many lurking, hidden uh, feelings of guilt uh, that we have, and you know we don't see that when we're eating. We're thinking we're rewarding ourselves. So it's like, oh, I have, you know, I've been working so hard, you know, I deserve this. But uh, a lot of times there are deeper senses of guilt. Um, that we don't know how to put a name to. And that can drive us to eat and really punish ourselves. And the reason why I say it's a punishment is because while we start out trying to reward ourselves, the way we lose control, the way we overeat, the way we end up feeling sick and bloated and fat, and we don't want to get you know be with our friends because of a binge we had the night before. We want to just pull the curtains and do a little sheet therapy. You know That is punishment. And we're doing that literally to ourselves. Nobody did that to us. You know, so it begs the question, what, you know, what am I feeling so bad about? Why am I punishing myself like this? And so pain, fear, and guilt are the three drivers that if you take the pep
0: test, you'll be able to identify. So now do we, because that's so interesting, do we know when we're binging, if that, like we think it's a reward, oh, well, I had a hard day, I'm just rewarding myself. Do we know subconsciously that that's what's going on, that, that there is this, because obviously we, we when we feel horrible we we can understand it then but th- we don't realize we're doing this what?
1: no i mean it's a that's a thing and just somebody listening to this is going to heighten their awareness you know this is probably somebody who hears this is never going to quite be as you know in denial as be, as before and it's hopefully going to start the pattern of healing um, by just recognize, wow, there's more to it than I just like chocolate. you know Like we think we just like chocolate. I thought I just like food. You know, the idea of being an emotional eater that that was driven by these dark, you know feelings, you know, it, it didn't mesh with me at first. but once it was uh, brought to my attention, then I could see, oh yeah, like there's a direct, you know link between how i'm feeling and what i'm eating a, a client of mine said you know she started uh, working with me in in one of my programs she's said yeah my son said to me he was listening to the recording that she was listening to of me talking mm-hmm. and she's like oh yeah mom you do that every time you're you're upset you're eating and she's like, what? Like, like it's <laughs> he actually notices this. This is a real thing, you know? And it's like, we're so unconscious of it. We think we just like food. But the minute you start, you know you know, bringing, having it come to your awareness, you'll be able to look and see those patterns. And it's, um, you know, the, the guilt and, and pain. I mean, some people are like, I really, you know, I, I'm totally unaware of it. But that's why there's other, t- you know, things that people can do to start getting aware and start tapping into their emotions and really, uh, you know, unloading their emotions so they aren't ending up you know, with it, it somebody with their head in the refrigerator.
0: Right. And, and to some people, because, you know, there are those people who just say, I just like food. That's it. I just, yeah. I'm eating because I just like food and that's the end of it. But you thought that was the case with you and then you yeah. said that wasn't.
1: Yeah, it's it was totally uh, uh, not on my radar to be an emotional eater, but, you know, uh, but if somebody has to wake, if they want to lose weight, they have to wake up to emotional eating. It is important. 98% of all diets fail. Like the diet will, fail you like it's it will not work the exercise plan you will stop going to the gym like the emotions are powerful and they sabotage us you know if we don't have a healthy way to address them and heal them like they will take over you know and if we have this pattern of eating over them that's where we'll end up and so even though it seems like a strange idea you know I, if somebody Uh, you know, really lets me talk to them and, and, uh, and they hear this uh, over time, they're totally going to realize there's a connection. And it's just, and again, it's not an indictment. I mean, everybody does it. It's just that if you want different results, if you're unhappy with your weight, if you're unhappy with, if you're just generally unhappy and can't get, you know, move beyond where you are right now, you know, when you start addressing this, the the benefits of it is that you just awaken in so many ways. You know, when you start addressing your emotions and and unloading them and having a health, see, when we bury our emotions, we bury them alive. So it's not like they go away. Sure, we're not aware of them, but they're still wreaking havoc in our lives. You know, they're still affecting our health. They're still causing us resentment. They're still, you know, we've got a chip on our shoulder. We're still, you know, we're walking around with this, you know, dark cloud over our head when we don't need to, because there's Mm -hmm. a way to address it. But when you just, you know, bury them with food, you know, it just, then we have the weight problem, you know, and and we feel sick from the food. And we've still got those emotions that are unaddressed,
0: and it's like this big cycle, right, the circle of I binge, I feel bad that I binge, that sets me up for a binge, and right, oh, and it we just it just goes like that. Is there a, like a certain emotion that you see more than others that would make someone emotionally eat? Yeah,
1: I, um, I have really identified uh, twenty-four personality traits. I call it the anatomy of the emotional eater. And Let's it, talk about it? that.
0: I, yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah, there are 24 personality traits that I've identified in The Emotional Eater that are really, really, they are what sabotage people. And so again, it's not just about eating too much or eating wrong foods. You know, we are living our lives in such a way that we are creating stress that we stress eat over. And it's these personalities. Now, these personality traits, we develop them usually at a young age and they're like survival skills that we developed. Um, but then they have perpetuated the stress, you know, that we then are, that drives us to overeat. So the top one, Debbie, is uh, being a people pleaser.
0: Mm. So <laughs> emotional
1: eaters and women in general are totally people pleasers, and 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 part of it's because we don't have the self esteem that we should have, you know, meaning we weren't we weren't given, you know, we we didn't grow up with a healthy sense of ourselves. And therefore we're looking for uh, approval from outside of ourselves. We don't have it for ourselves. So we're consummate people pleasers, hoping that, you know, if I do enough, if I say yes to the projects nobody else will take on, if I do my kids' homework, you know, if I'm running around, you know, the head of all these different committees, you know, hoping for this, this adulation that will fill us, fill that empty hole in our soul then we'll feel full, you know. Then we will be satisfied, and I'm telling you, as a as a reformed people pleaser, there's no such thing as enough, you know. And plus, nobody's ever pleased to the extent that I think they're going to be or imagine they're going to be. So it's a perfect prescription for a binge. Like you're not only like exhausted from running yourself ragged, trying to get approval, but then you're resentful because nobody's approving of you the way you expected them to. And then you go home and you have the, I deserve a binge. Like nobody else is approving of me. I'm going to, you know, reward myself instead. (laughs) So
0: there are so many women shaking their head right now. Like, yep, that's me. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. Really, That's it's, amazing. It's a
1: disease in and of itself, and and it's it is never ending. It's a bottomless pit, you know, trying to get approval because it doesn't fill us. You know, we have to have it for ourselves, and we have to have boundaries, you know, on our time, and realize that the you know the elusive um, and the elusive um, uh, approval that we expect to get is, you know, it doesn't fill us. We have to keep getting it, you know, and it's so much better if we start saying, you know what, it does, it's not paying off for me. I'd rather develop it for myself and setting boundaries in our time and saying no to things Mm -hmm. actually builds our self-esteem in the moment. Because in the moment we're saying, no, I matter. My time matters. And I'm going to put me first instead of you first,
0: you know? And And I look, yeah. I love that you said that. And here's where we have this case of yes and no confusion. You know, we say yes to all the things that bring us away from, from really peace and, and joy. And we say no to the, right. It's this, we say yes to things we shouldn't no to things that we shouldn't. And if we get our yeses and nos straight and the, the no is very hard to say, right. But, but those 30 seconds that you could say no to look what you've secured. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So can you give us some more?
1: Yeah. So another one, um, for emotional eaters is being a deep feeler, you know, like we are, we are emotional beings, like emotional eaters are super emotional, you know, that's why we have this reaction. Um, and so much of the time, like I know for myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I would kind of hate that part of me that I was so sensitive and so deeply emotional. And I kind of saw it as a liability. Um, it's not a liability if you know how to deal with it. So it's not um, a bad thing if you know how to deal with your emotions. It's actually a really beautiful thing. I mean, we're the people that people feel like they can talk to. We're the ones that people go to when they have a breakup or, or when you know life is hard. They consider us to be a good friend. Now, again, that gets into trouble if we don't you know, have some kind of boundaries on our time, and we're always the, the shoulder you can cry on. You know, that becomes a problem. <laughs> um, and we end up having to refuel. All that we give to other people, we have to refuel with food. But the bottom line is, it's okay to be a deep fueler. It's a beautiful thing if you know how to process your emotions and have healthy, a healthy way of dealing with emotions so that you know, you're not overloaded, so you're not absorbing the pain of the world. Um, and then using food for support. So that's definitely
0: a big one. Um, And I would Uh, say, so go ahead. I was going to say, and I loved, I love how you phrased that, that when you just exhaust yourself by giving, you refuel with food, but that's the issue. That's the challenge right there. Love that. Okay. Keep going.
1: Really is. Um, There's so many others. I mean, uh, you can't get
0: to all of them, but just pick your favorites, the ones Uh, you see the most.
1: So another one uh, is people are afraid to speak up for themselves. And, uh, and so, and this is part of the people pleasing, but we really don't, we have not learned to use our voice. And so, so much of the trouble we get into with food has to just be, it's about lack of self-care. Like we don't speak up and say, no, that restaurant doesn't work for me. Like I'm going to feel sick if I eat there, or I'm going to binge if I eat there, you know, or, or, you know, gee, I can't eat at seven o'clock at night because I get too hungry. I'd rather, can we set the, you know, appointment, you know, our, our dinner date for six or five 30. And, you know, there's just practical things that we don't do in terms of taking care of ourselves, or I can't work a 12 hour day because I will be exhausted. And when I'm exhausted, I, I turn to food, you know, for energy. So it's like we have to start being aware of our, uh, you know, what our needs are. And we have to speak up and take care of ourselves. And so much of the time, emotional eaters don't communicate properly. You know, we're very passive-aggressive. You know, we want people to be mind readers. And we're we're just afraid to speak up. And that has to change. You know, I I teach something in in my program called... um, Uh, 10 Secrets to Expressing Yourself with Confidence, um, just so people can learn how to literally speak up and start uh, saying what they need. And so many problems in our relationships come from our lack of doing this. And so it's a big, big uh, thing that we need to learn. And when we do, then we don't have to be,
0: again, anesthetizing our pain with food. Oh, that's so, that's so great. So can you give us an example of a client you had? They walked in as an emotional eater, never thinking they could ever break the pattern. And how did they, how did they leave?
1: Um, Well, it happens all the time, thankfully, (laughs) (laughs) but the key is all these things I'm talking about. The key is getting off of the diet mentality You know, stop trying to lose weight and start addressing emotional eating. The weight loss happens automatically. You know, if you're not emotionally eating, if you're eating three meals a day and you're not snacking all day, you know, and you learn to take care of yourself. You learn to meditate. You learn to, you know, uh, spend have a morning ritual that fuels you, that gives you the energy, and and helps you tap into that divine spirit within. When you do all that and you're centered, then you have a much better shot going through the day. And so that's really what my clients experience is that they're starting. The biggest thing, Debbie, is self care. They're learning to take care of themselves so that they don't have to end up just leaning on food all the time because they're so, you know, uh, devoid of energy, devoid of self-esteem and self-confidence.
0: And, you know, bringing it back to betrayal, we just don't have the bandwidth to take care of ourselves or even to consider self-care when we're reeling from a betrayal. But it's only when we've made sense and made meaning and made a new life After the fact, do we say, "Okay, now we can consider, you know, ourselves and and eat a little bit healthier, and not in a way even to lose weight, but in a way to to nurture, and in a way to show us some self love and self care." What do you want to make sure everyone knows before we wrap up?
1: Uh, Just that you're worthy of that care, you know, and that that care is. I mean, that's really that is the key to healing. You know, we have nobody is going to do it for us. Like we have to, first of all, you got to get support. So reach out for support for sure. But you know, you are worthy of Taking time for yourself. you're worthy of giving to yourself instead of always giving to your kids. Like you are worth that time. You know, investing in yourself that way is going to pay off for everybody around you. you know uh, Self-care is not selfish. You know It's really the most selfless thing you could do because then you have something to give and, and resources to pull from as you're out there in the world sharing your gifts.
0: Beautiful. And there are so many women who I see women more than men struggling with this. We're so conditioned to put ourselves last and take care of everybody else. But then by the time it's our turn, we just have nothing left. So where does somebody, where does somebody start? Where does some, of course, I want to send that, tell them exactly where they could find you, but here they are. They just realized by listening to you. Wow. I am an emotional leader. What, what would you suggest? What do they do?
1: Um yeah definitely I would say take the quiz first and find out where they are on the spectrum and then they're going to have a very specific prescription on you know what action, action steps to take so that's really the first uh, step and then uh, just realize that you're not weak if you're getting reaching out for help with this. You know, people always want to do it themselves, pull themselves up by the bootstrap. Emotional eating is something you cannot overcome on your own. You know, especially if you're in the food addiction, you know, side of the spectrum. Um, it's just it's impossible to do this alone. You have to eat three times a day. I mean it's like taking the tiger out of the cage and petting the kitty and trying to put it back in, you know, like <laughs> food is the hardest addictive substance on the planet because we can't just stop eating. And so getting help, getting support, and also getting a proven system uh, for overcoming this is going to be so, so important. But, you know, get rid of the idea that you can do this alone because you can't, You chances are you've put in a really good college effort (laughs) so far, um, and it hasn't worked. And, um, you know, just sort of coming to that place of acceptance, um, of needing help. And that's true with betrayal in general, like, you know, stop keeping everything to yourself, you know, start reaching out and getting the support, um, and, and learning from others who have done this on how, how to actually walk this path makes it so much easier. You know, it just will get you through, to the other side so much faster, and there's so much, so many beautiful benefits when we reach out and we get support and we have community with other people who have gone through the same struggles. It's just it's, there's so many beautiful benefits that we
0: don't even realize are coming our way. Absolutely, and you know what? There's something it, very similar to betrayal, where it seems with emotional eating, there's shame. There's no shame in getting the support, getting the help, and everybody who is in your groups, they're all struggling with the same thing and working through the same thing. So wonderful. Wow. How do we learn more about you? Where do we go? Uh healyourhunger.com is the best place to go. heal h e a l healyourhunger.com. Oh, Trisha, thank you so much. I know you helped so many people with what you shared today.
1: Thank you for having me, Debbie, and thanks for the beautiful work that you do in the world. I'm just so glad that you're here sharing with others and helping others heal.
0: How great was Trisha? I loved how she explained the difference between an emotional eater and a food addict. I also loved how she gave us the top personality types who would typically binge and the reasons why they reach for food when they're looking for comfort or relief. Stay in touch with Trisha by going to healyourhunger.com and we'll have her links in the show notes at pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Just as we need support when it comes to healing from betrayal, we need support to end emotional eating. It can be done. I've done it, Trisha. Trisha's done it, and you can too, if you're struggling and feeling like you'll never stop. It's exhausting and frustrating, so get in touch with Trisha if you're an emotional eater and let her help you. And let me help you too. Head over to pbtinstitute.com to receive my gift of how your biggest crisis reveals your greatest gift. And let us support you. Go to Facebook and join our group, Women Hacking Betrayal, where we give information, tools, and support to help you move forward and heal once and for all can't wait to be with you next time and here's to your breakthrough